your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by the Sensory Learning Center with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, guests, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Welcome to our show today. Do you have a teenager? Maybe you are a teenager or work with teenagers. Well, today we are going to speak about empowering your teenager, and I've never known anyone who understands the teenage mind like my next guest. Rob Oker is a middle school guidance counselor, but he's best known for his workshops and courses on the seven, on the seven abilities of empowerment. Rob, welcome to the show today. Hey, it's great to be back. I, I you know, I enjoyed being on your shows, and uh, I think when you and I get together, we make some magic happen. So, thanks for having me back. <laughs> you know, I love having Rob on the show because um, Rob is just like such a dynamic speaker. I can really just sit back and, and let him him go. You know, Rob, this is, it's really interesting because I just returned on Sunday from my husband's um, 40th high school reunion, um, and I spent a lot of hours looking through the yearbooks of all these teenagers. And really, you know, but but this is 40 years ago. I really enjoyed all these fun pictures and these goofy things. There was one picture of John in a laundry basket with something funny over his head, and he was pretending to drive it. And I I was looking at all these very funny things. And of course, when the when these students still get together, they or the now adults still get together, they talk about those good old days and all the funny and goofy things they did. But we're so big to criticize and punish. The goofy aspect of our kids, and the fun aspect, and the one that just wants to, you know, kind of cut loose and be a, and be a kid, and you know, why do we feel this need to constantly push a boring life onto our children? <laughs> well, so, you know, that's a that's a great question because you know, when you're a kid, you want to be a kid, and uh, you know, working with these kids every day. You know, as, as a guidance counselor, it's like we want them to grow up so fast, and then all of a sudden they want to grow up so fast, and then we really lose the whole essence of what it really is to be a kid and right. to really to and, learn. And, you know, one of the big things is this thing that what the what the seven abilities really brings out is <clears throat> we're always so focused on this lack of character of our children. Mm-hmm. And, and just... You just look at the news, Betsy. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we got the Paris Hilton, the Lindsay Lohan. We've got, we've got the Michael Vick. Everything, everything focused on this news and the, the, you know, the mind control machine, the TV, <laughs> yeah. where it focuses on what's, what's, what's a lack of character, what character qualities, what values are we missing, and and uh, people start to think that way. People start to really get absorbed that, and that's why you know I think we're, I wanted to really go into shifting that paradigm. And looking at a positive way and dealing with being empowered. So the show today, I want you all to know, is that yes, we will talk about the the, dis, the well, we're not going to call it disability on this show because they're, they're all <laughs> abilities. We're gonna we will talk about children that may have special needs, but we're, this is about teenagers in general, and it really can apply a lot of what Rob's going to be talking about can apply to a teenager. I have a teenage son who is relatively nonverbal, but I also have a teenage daughter who is extremely, and, and the, 
about what Rob's going to be talking about is going to help everything. So, Rob, let's first talk about what are the seven abilities of empowerment. Sure. I, I want to go into that, but I want to talk about teenagers because if you have a teenager or if you work with a teenager or if you are a teenager, you know that those are the years of your life, as you mentioned, that sometimes they're the best memories, but also you have the most unbelievable things happening to you at those times, so much change. And so that's why I get excited to work with that age group because it is it is an exciting time for the brain, for the body, for the spirit, for the heart. And there is not one right answer for a teenager. There is not one right Every teen's different. So if you're listening to this and you have a teenager, know that there's not one right answer. But what I did is I wanted to come up with a framework, a way, a creative way to help people deal with this lack of values or this character. And, you know, I did my master's research on character education in the 90s, and I've been working with this whole character concept. And I think it's a huge humanitarian it's a huge um, humanitarian issue. You know, being empowered really is being the best person you can be and the power to do something and bring out your authentic, true self to make those decisions and choices. So I came up with a creative concept, and it's a playoff on the language, and I love language because language has so much power to itself, too. When we're talking about power, we're talking about, you know, the ability to do something versus strength of uh, physical power. But, you know, a lot of te- teens say, well, are you talking about how strong you are? I'm talking about the internal power. I'm talking about your ability to make choices or your ability to really deep into those core values. And so I had um, played with the language of abilities, and I, and I was reading something from a Native American ceremony that was really interesting. It was, um, it talked about, uh, I want to read it here, it talked about um, new abilities arriving and re-remembering these abilities. And it says, when the people's spirit was broken, when the buffalo no longer roamed, when all our land was taken and we no longer had a home, the water bird's reflection of the universe is within showed us new abilities and gave us hope again. And those new abilities I want to talk about in using the language are the seven abilities. And I love the number seven because, you, you know, you have the seven habits of highly effective teens. You have the Stephen Covey work. You have the seven days a week. Seven's a sacred number, but it's a number we remember in our consciousness. So I used the seven and, and broke it down to the seven abilities of empowerment. So I'm going to give you an overview here um, of the seven abilities, and, and um, we're going to break into them one by one and how you can use empowerment action tools and techniques to really work with teens and really work with people Great. to become empowered. Great. All right. Let's All right. Down. The first, the first ability is uh, response ability. As you see, it's a play on the word. The ability to respond. Response ability. Um, and we'll get into really what that means because that is the root of a lot of empowerment issues or disempowerment issues. That one is adapt ability. Again, there's ability in there. Adapting ability. Connect ability, connectability, respect ability, respectability, possibility, possibility, sensibility, sensibility, and integrability from integrity, integrability. Now, when people first say these words, you know, and I've, and I've laid this out there, they're saying, well, some of those aren't words, Rob. <laughs> I'm not concerned with that. <laughs> right. But I want, to, I want to say that to people, that this is a new concept for a new language, for a new you. We're shifting a paradigm here, and the fun and also the creativity of this is that the kids remember that. Integrability, yeah, that's my ability to, to master the understanding of who I am. 
That's my integrability. Or you may, you, you know, may notice some uh, different words that have a different tone. So it's not in the paradigm of what we think when we hear these words. It's in a paradigm of becoming empowered and bringing out your best values and choices. Excellent. All right, so are, are we going to take these apart one by one and talk about them all individually now? Yeah, let's let, let let's do that. Let's um let's look at um responsibility. I kind of define that as the ability to respond to one's own behavior and actions with reliability, consistency, and trustworthiness. I think the reliability and the the accountability and the consistency and the trustworthiness really needs to be in there. In fact, you know, I said you cannot ex- if you're not accepting responsibility for life that's the first and most important essential act of empowerment. This is something that, I mean, in raising teenagers, I mean, it's it's a constant not taking responsibility. I mean, it's, there's always an excuse for everything. Of course, I know a lot of adults that are that way. Too. <laughs> we <laughs> won't go it's, into it's, that right now. It's the, it's it's the essential part of you know. I mean, you look you look at what we talked about in the media, and you look at what we talked about in the lack of character in our, and it comes to the root of not accepting responsibility. And I use the the affirmation, "I am responsible," just by saying those words. And I'll tell kids, you know, say it, say it to me. You know, I'll say, uh, "What do you mean?" Well, say I am responsible to get my work in on time and to turn it in and not have my mom and dad do the work or my teachers do the work for me. So when you say the words, and that's why I have affirmations, I am statements, and I statements, is you really start to take on the ownership of being responsible. And and I, I agree with you, Betsy. Responsibility is huge because a lot of people say, yeah, I want to blame someone else, the blame game. They want to look at, oh, it's somebody else's fault or somebody else made me do it. And, you know, everyone is, re- I'm, I, I, I'm responsible for that. I mean, yeah. in life we go through, we go through that. But I, when I, you... You know, I can say because with, um, when, when you have a special need, as a parent, I have pampered my children with their special needs to the extreme. And I have, I, I never really gave them an opportunity to have responsibilities. I never held them responsible for anything. Right. And, right. and I think that this is, this is a big key in my struggle with Joey now as he's becoming so aware and so much more of a man. And I'm not even allowing him to become responsible. And what wonderful self satisfaction you feel from accepting responsibility. Right, and then it comes to who owns the problem. With responsibility, you get on problem ownership, and when you can do that, especially with Joey, then he feels empowered that he owns the problem and he can solve the problem. And isn't that a life skill that he'll take on the rest of his life? Oh, definitely, definitely. How, so give me some ideas of ways I can work with my kids to, to teach them responsibility. Here's a great example. I've got Mia who... Um, uh, bought her a pair of glasses last before the school year last year. She lost it within a matter of months, wouldn't even tell me they were missing for about three, four months later. Um, I made her earn the money, purchase a new pair. Now she refuses to take the glasses anywhere. She won't wear them at school because she's afraid she's going to lose them. And it's just like you, she's, she's almost afraid of taking on the responsibility. Give me the, how, right. how can I use that as an example of teaching her what she needs to learn? Well, yeah, I, I go and let's talk about teaching the abilities, and then talk about really the you know values versus you know. I always say that values are caught versus taught. 
Okay. And when we're talking about abilities, it's it, it's the same way. You can you can have guidelines and you have principles and you can have I call them empowerment tools in action or empowerment in action techniques. But um, the teaching of them is they they it's really an experiential type of thing when it comes to a ability or a value or a core belief. We're talking about beliefs here, and when you can shift the belief, you shift the focus and the frame and the awareness on how people look at the world and how people live. Let me give you an example of responsibility here to our listeners of, of how we can look at the four Well, we're going to actually ask you to give that, re- that example when we get back. All right. We'll because, talk about uh, we're gonna, I, it's, it's going to be a hard one, Rob, because there's just too much information. Um, four steps of responsibility when we come back. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with Rob Oker. Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute, and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper, who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies, and we brought home a child who was vastly different. We brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the Sensory Learning Program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. In the realm of mental health, psychiatry is often misunderstood. On Good Psychiatry is Good Medicine with host and forensic psychiatrist Dr. Ron Kennedy Bailey. Find out the truth behind the myths, rumors, disparities, and misconceptions about the broad spectrum of mental illness and treatment options. Dr. Bailey educates and informs with truthful, factual, honest, and direct communication of information regarding mental health issues and topics to further enhance the overall medical and legal areas in the healthcare. For the best information on ADHD, psychopharmacology, forensic, and psychiatric health concerns, tune into Good Psychiatry is Good Medicine with Dr. Ron Kennedy Bailey every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. I am back, and we're going to talk quickly because there's so much great information to get going here, Rob. Let's let's pick up where we just left off. We've been talking about, in case you're just joining us now, the seven abilities of empowerment and working with your teenager and trying to get them to understand their own abilities. And one, the first one we're talking about is responsibility. And let's talk more. We gave an example. Rob, can you talk a little bit more about where we kind of left off? Sure. We kind of left off as I want to give I want to give the listeners some real tools and techniques. So the first thing is really state an I statement. I am responsible just by 
by stating that, just by having your kids state that, having the teenagers, the people that you're working with, it shifts the whole focus that I am responsible, you take responsibility. But let's talk about, we were, you're talking about your daughter Mia, and let's do an example here with, you know, with, with, a, with a child and learning the four steps to responsibility. This is derived from um, Jim Fay and Foster Klein with the Fay Institute of uh, Love and Logic, and I love this concept because it really works. Love and Logic is a great uh, framework for really teaching a lot of these, and it ties in responsibility. But he talks about the four steps of responsibility, and Jim Fay breaks it down to, yes, there are four steps that you can learn responsibility. And so let, let me give them to you, and then we'll break it down to Mia's example okay. with a glass. Perfect. Okay, first is number one, four steps of responsibility is give a person a task. Make sure they have a task to do so you're responsible for something. Okay. okay? And um, number two is hope they blow it. Yes, you want them to make a mistake. And that's the hardest thing sometimes with our kids and our children and, and our people is you want them to blow it because if they can blow it, then hopefully they can learn to fix it and learn to be responsible. And three is the is a really important part is let equal parts of consequence and empathy do the teaching. You know, here we're not going to be we're not going to tell them it's not our fault uh, or our responsibility. Let the consequence and the empathy do the teaching. Okay. And four, give them that task again. And by giving them task again or giving that um, opportunity again, it's your opportunity to learn responsibility. Okay. So let's break this down. Let's okay. Tell, let's so so I, I bought her a pair of glasses. At the beginning of last school year, I bought her a pair of glasses. I gave her those glasses. Okay, you gave her a test. You're responsible for your glasses. These are your glasses, ma'am. Yes, correct. Okay. okay. After a matter of months, she lost them. Right. And did you have in the back of your mind that she's going to probably maybe? I, you know what? I hate to say that I put that intention out there, but yes, I, right. I, I know my daughter, and I know that she doesn't keep track of of many of it. The only thing she keeps track of is her cell phone. Right. <laughs> But now you you were hoping that she blows it or makes a mistake in in with that intent because as much as those glasses are, uh, but the idea of it is is okay. Here's a teaching opportunity for responsibility. Right, right, right. So so she did. She lost them. She, she blew it. Okay. And and she was very afraid to tell me for a long period of time. When she told me, I I, w I did a lot to make her search and go through lost and found and everything. I gave her a period of time for her to find them. And then we had to start, I, I had to start giving her jobs to earn money so she could buy herself another pair. Okay, so there was some consequence there. You, and the, yeah. And the empathy is the big part of the teaching. Bummer, Mia, this is so sad. Yeah. Oh, man, this is so sad. You lost your glasses. I'm wondering what you're going to do to fix it. I'm sure yeah. you can handle it. Let me know how it works out. Okay, so then the empathy did the teaching, and she had her consequence. Then did you give her the task again? Number yes. Four? Well, well, she's earned the money. Right. Okay. Earned the money. I took her to the store. She bought a pair. We got a good price. She got a good pair, and now she has these glasses again. Okay. But so the problem is now is she doesn't feel responsible. So she's so afraid of taking the glasses with her anyway. But I guess that that's okay. It's good to make her aware. I guess that fear is mostly awareness. That's awareness. That's awareness of saying, okay, I have to be responsible. And then who owns the problem? Do you own the problem? No, no, she owns no, it. She, she knows she owns she'll have to problem. buy another pair. Right, right. And that's where responsibility says, I am responsible. She's saying, I am responsible for this, and I have to deal with this. Even if I am scared I'm going to lose them, even if I am scared that something's going to happen or I have to cool. pay for another pair, 
I am responsible. And that little lesson there with the four steps of responsibility will gain the seven abilities, the first one of re- responsibility for Mia, and it will be a step stone to helping her be empowered. Excellent. All right. Uh, we better move on to the next Yeah, ability. we're going to move on to the second ability, is adaptability. And these are in no order in terms of this is first, second, third. I have these actually lined up in, in a fantasy story that the kids are helping me write, where these are in a circle, and, and there's a, it's a quest for the seven abilities, the seven sacred stones. And each of the, the characters, the teenage characters, have to find the sacred stone, and it holds that ability. And when they get that ability, they like responsibility, a stone manifests in their hand, and they have to take these stones back to the stone circle in the sacred hall of records and um, place them into a circle uh, uh, pillar circle and when they have all of the sacred stones and the abilities then um, then the, uh, a dragon comes out and grants them two wishes one a wish for humanity and the other wish to get back to um, their dimension and their planet to help teenagers on the earth here share these abilities and when they arrive home this is the cool part I wanted to add on this when they arrive home, that stone that they had of responsibility that had that symbol on it turns into a gem because we all have the gem inside of us of this ability. And when we change that rock into a gem, it's the true wisdom, and we know its name, and we know how to use that ability and make it a gem. Excellent. Very good. All right. All right. Well, let's Adapt go ability. Okay. The ability to adapt to change and life choices using discernment and an inner guidance system. This is huge. The, 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 the power statement there is, I accept and embrace change. Oh, change is happening all around us, and it's happening so fast. And with teenagers in the information age and technology, it's happening way too fast. But the ability to adapt to that change and using uh, discernment and using an uh, 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 inner guidance system is really key here for teenagers and for people. Let me give you an example of that. A lot of times kids will come up to me and they'll say, oh, man, I play hours and hours on video games or I'm on the Internet for hours and I'm doing all kinds of a lot of stuff. And and what I'll say to them right away is, do you know in your heart's heart, and that's using that heart intelligence, that heart ability, to know if you're on the Internet, if something is wrong and something feels like you shouldn't be doing that or, or you shouldn't be involved on something on the Internet on that? And they're like, well, yeah, kind of. I know. I'm not. I'm not going to be talking to anybody that yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to a pedophile like mm-hmm. like they're going to identify by themselves. Right. <laughs> but the point is, we have that discussion about using that discernment about what is right, wrong. We have dialogue about being able to adapt. If you're dealing with a situation like that, who are the responsible, resourceful people you can talk to? Like as a guidance counselor, the kids will come to me and say, hey, Mr. Oker, you know, I was online and something. kids were having a chat about some of the stuff and some of the stuff was going on MySpace or Facebook. And, you know, these are huge issues. But then I'll talk about discernment and bring it back to them. How are, are they using that inner guidance to say, hey, this just isn't right. You've got to tell a responsible person about this. And, yeah. and I think that's big, and that's why I want to talk about adaptability, is having kids really know how to discern what is right, what is wrong. And a lot of kids have to learn that, but they need discussion from adults about how to apply that. And they need to, adults, I believe, have to explore that with kids. This is like, oh, no, you can't do that. Just shut it off. If you, if you close the door on the kids, as you know, most teenagers will do, what will they, what will they do? 
well, they'll, they'll rebel. Yeah, right. But, but Rob, what do you do in a situation? I mean, when you're looking, when you're dealing with Aspers, and you're dealing with, I mean, these, some of these abilities probably more, no, no more than. Well, I would say this would probably be one of the hardest ones: is the adaptability into society and trying to be able to fit in and to um, to become adaptable because socially it's so difficult for them to to, go, to take to take that. Right. I think oh. this is the this is the ability on the spectrum of the whole you know the Aspergers and the and right. spectrum to look at. I mean, this is the ability, adaptability. I mean, I was just dealing with some autistic kids today before the radio show, and I had to do some in-servicing with the teachers. The teachers are saying, well, how do we deal with this kid? You know, there are some different social cues. There's some social understanding with this child. How do we deal? I said, well, we need to sit down and discuss about our adaptability. How do we accept this student? And, you know, I always say, you know, it's it's not like, um, you know, these kids are teaching us. It's not we're, we're we're trying to teach the kids. They're teaching us of how are you going to teach me? How are you going to bring out my gifts and my experiences? And I agree with that. Is adaptability is very hard. If we break it down to a student, if we break it down to that that child, they live in the mindset of adaptability every yeah. day. Yeah, I mean it's so hard for them to to take that on. All right, well, you know, I, I want to note to everybody, we're going to quickly get through these today because what we want to do, what Rob and I want to do, are we're going to do seven follow-up shows, one based on each ability, and we'll just talk about these individually because I just hate to keep pushing, and we only have like about t- another two minutes to our next break. But can we go to the next one now? Yeah, let's talk about connectability. Okay. You know, and connectability is that ability to understand relationship of self, others, and the universe. Make that connection. The power statement is I could connect with people and things in a healthy way. When you connect with others and, and, and realize, you know, when we, we all are one. We're all connected. You connect with the universe, you see things in a whole different way. Okay. So is it, is it to respect everybody's? Connection, or to tell me. Yeah, that. I think that that goes in respectability. But oh, I, I know that's next. Oh, darn it. Okay, I, yeah, I want okay, to but Connectability is really being able to connect with other people and understand the universe and connect with nature and connect with the oh, way okay. the world works. Because when you have that connection, when you have that connectability, you create synergy with people. You create a connection with others. You create a, um, a connectability of using that ability to ha- have and see people in a healthy way. Would this be anything, I mean, would we, if we're talking about spirituality through any of this, would this be the area where that would be hitting in trying to connect with, like, a, a higher source? I think th- I think that's a big part of it. I think of all these abilities, there there is a connectability. But you just, you know, not even with a higher source, you just got to walk outside. Yeah. And when you're in nature... I mean, you're connect- when you go for a walk, and when these when we take when I take kids for a walk, I try to go outside because you know the sun and the energy that that's coming from natural sunlight. There's a connection going on there with human beings that is a teaching modality, and there's a connection that happens with everybody when they're in nature because they feel you know feel better. Oh, I, I certainly love that feeling. Okay, we're we are going to take a break. Um, when we get back, we have four more to go. And we will uh, continue on with our wonderful guest, Rob Oker. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Don't go away. We'll be right back.
A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute, and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper, who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies, and we brought home a child who was vastly different. We brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the Sensory Learning Program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You gotta believe. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Hahn, celebrating the creation of families. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. Rob Oger talking about the seven abilities of empowerment for your teenager and how to empower your teenager. So far we've talked about responsibility, adaptability, connectability, and now, Rob, let's move into respectability. Okay, there's that word again, respectability is that really word. But, yes, it's so important because respect is a, is a concept that we're missing so much here at the boat, I believe, and not only in our educational systems but also, you know, just working in our family systems and our, and our families. Respectability is the ability to fully value the self and be with reverence and dignity and honor with that. And what I, what I say is the, the, the empowerment statement there is I treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same. If you're really respecting yourself, then you truly can respect others. And, you know, I see kids that, you know, come in the schools and um, we really have to look at them as really respecting all kids. And, you know, let's have a little dialogue about that here. Okay. 
I, yeah, I want to talk about this because I, I, I am so much in pain for the kids in Mia's, Mia goes to a standard school, middle school, and tells me about how everybody teases the kids with autism in her class. And that just, I just, I want to scream and cry for this poor child. And yes. she, I mean, she says she's <clears throat> wonderful with him, and I believe her. But it's like nobody respects the fact that he's this wonderful child who's just there to learn, like everybody else. Yeah, we're doing um, we're doing in our school because uh, you know, the autism kids are really, really the kids are saying, "How do I deal with this?" We're doing a diversity training where where we'll have the kids come in groups and they'll go through different uh, modules where they have to learn what to, what is it like to have on glasses where you can barely see with a disability. Uh-huh. What's it like to be able to have fine motor skills with gloves on? So it's actually in a respectability diversity stations for the kids to experience that. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. You're so progressive at your school. Yeah, we've got some great staff there, but it, the big thing is getting the ideas for other kids to really experience what it's like to respect that because you really can't understand, I believe that kids really can't understand what a lot of these other kids are going through and be empathetic right. until they really walk in their shoes and really start to feel and understand how they do it. And, and, you know, an experiential activity like that for some diversity autistic training is a great approach to doing that. But let's talk about um, respectability in okay. terms of, of we teach people how to treat us. You know, when, when it comes to an adult empowerment technique, is you know, Stephen Covey always talks about this, and he talks about this in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Is yes, we do. I, I teach people how to treat us. People size you up based on how you present yourself in the world. You know, when I'm talking to people, you know, it's approach and it's attitude, and how are you going to teach? that person to treat you? Are you going to let them walk all over you? Are you going to let them be disrespectful to you? Are you going to be let them to be respectful to you? And that comes across with how you have this ability of respectability. Yeah, that's, that's, that's big. So, I, you know, a closing thought on that is, is respectability really begins with the self of respecting yourself and respecting that all children are our children. I would say that how many kids do you have? I have all all kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, because if we look at that, you know, the needs of all kids are our responsibility, then you respect all the needs of all those kids, and I try to come in that framework of helping the kids out that way. Fantastic. All right, moving on, possibility. Possibility. I love this one because anything is possible. It's your ability to imagine, wonder endlessly, and create life how it could be than rather how it should be. And we're well, talking about, if we're talking about autism here, we're talking about children who've been told they can't, they can't, they can't, mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I look at those children as gifts. What is possible? I know anything is possible with that student. They may not, they may not be working in the paradigm or working in the worksheet or working in the box that we think they should be, but they have the ability to create life to full potential and imagine things. And I'll give you an example. I was working with a, a young boy today, and he had some unbelievable drawings. And he sits there and he draws for you know hours and hours in school, and he has this beautiful creativity. Okay, first we do our work, and then we can draw on these drawings. But the possibility is I took him aside and I said, you know, you have some gifts here drawing. I'd really like to look at some of your drawings. I'd like to have you draw some things for me. And that's when these kids start coming up with their creative symbols and their creative ideas for my book with the fantasy of the abilities and what the the seven A's, the seven abilities. 
but again, it's the possibility what that kid holds is, you know, there there is there is a, a gem there that I see. You know, you told me one time, Rob, um, this is a great thing, my poor daughter Mia, I'm glad she listen to this show and be like, do they really know all these things about me? And they like, talked about me on, on radio. <laughs> and Rob knows and loves me, and they, they and Mia just adores Rob. But, um, She's a gem. Well, let's talk about one time I was, I was at my wit's end because Mia eats very sloppily. And I have had this problem since she was little. It was cute when she was little. It, now she's 14. It's not cute anymore. So you said, you need to twist this. She doesn't even think it's possible she can eat meat. Put her in charge tonight. Tell her she's the police, to, to the food police tonight, to tell everybody what, they're, you know, what they should be doing to have good manners. And that night was amazing. I mean, she had the best manners she's ever had in her life. And she, um, just, she loved thinking that I believed it, it was possible for her. And you empowered her with possibility, the ability to say, I know anything is possible. I know you can handle this, Mia, and I know you you are the captain tonight of the dinner table. Yeah. I want to just leave a, a, a question that really empowers people on this is ask, I wonder if. If you had a magic wand, I always say to people and kids, with possibility, just ask, I wonder if we went to school today and we looked at our kids or our, our, our teachers and our educators as the best educators in the whole, whole universe, and our kids were the most important people on the planet, and we were going to teach them with the greatest. I wonder if they would have the greatest test scores on the planet, and I wonder if our kids would act the best and also have, um, do some of the greatest things. I love wow. that. That just puts a whole different way it of does. looking at, at, at life and at helping people and helping kids in the future. And it's something I use even, you know, the Abraham Hicks teaching teaches the same type of thing mm-hmm. only, but say, the words they say before is, wouldn't it be nice if... Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Or I so, wonder if this happened. I love and that. that. That's possibility in full force in terms of action. All right, let's move right. on to sensibility. Perfect. This is a different concept for some people because they think of their senses. Well, it's more than your senses here. We're talking, you know, of the ability to be aware and fully embrace the multi-dimensions of their being. And with, with um, the kids with special needs, they use this sensibility. You know, they're multi-sensory, as I say. Right. They, they, they're either they, under they, or over-stimulated that way. Exactly. So this ability is huge because kids are bringing forth this more and more on our planet. And if we listen to this, we look at how how to be smart in many ways. Not how are you smart, I would say, with sensibility. How are you smart in what many ways? Show me those ways. And so um, we really have to be mindful of we're talking about brain and body and heart intelligences, and we're talking about all the senses of a person to bring those abilities forth. And, and, you know, you can break this down in, into learning how to deal with the different sensibilities and how to deal with heart intelligences, how to deal with the body and the brain, and also um, understand how to use, use brain dominance, understand how to use your senses to help you learn and help you be a better person and be empowered. This is a, this is a definitely a different one. Now, when you talk about the senses, we're talking about the basic five senses, but... Um, I, 
how do, how do you explain to a kid they need to use their senses? Well, of course, you're talking where you're developmentally, it's different at every stage. But when you're talking about senses, you're not only talking about um, their five senses. I mean, it, to deal with the, let, let's just break an example down here. If you're talking to, let's say if I'm talking to a 12-year-old, how to use your senses, I go, do you know what's more dominant? Are you more dominant hearing? Are you more dominant seeing? Are you dominant, you know, so I have them work with their senses and see what their dominance is. And then there's right brain, left brain activity on this too. Right. Are you right dominant? Are you left dominant? You know, for an example is if you put your, if you imagine that there's talking in the other room and there's a wall that you can hear through the wall and then you walk up to the wall, what ear do you put up the, to the wall to hear the people on the other side? Oh, that's interesting. Because the, the senses of a vestibular and proprioceptive that rare, rarely get talked about I think with a lot of the kids with autism, if they understood those senses more, if they understood why they need to rock, why they need to jump, certainly if the schools understood why they have those needs, people would be so much more patient with these kids that that need to feel safe in their spatial environment. Right, right. And and this is something that it's good for the, the kids need to learn about their abilities and senses in order to be able to stay regulated. Right. Having, you know, I know that, Probably for the first two years that I did radio show, I had to have a paper clip in my hand the whole time and be kind of like moving my fingers around the paper clip. It, it was just a way that helped keep me calm. But heaven forbid they fidget in school right. and they're, they're um, scolded for it. Right. I give kids stress balls in my office or I have, I have my, my newest toy, my newest thing here, and I wanted to mention this because this is huge for kids, is... Um, Magnetic he- magnetic hematite stones. Yes. Did you I, hear that? They're noisy, though. This, yeah, they're noisy, but again, that's that sense, sensory yeah. thing. Oh, Is my that, God, that, the kids love them. Do you hear that? They love them, but there's also a grounding and an emotional grounding that goes on with the hematite and the stones, and that connects all to the stones and the empowerment. But sensibility, we could talk about this in Depth because it also deals with multi the the multi sensory not a multi sensory but the multi universe because right. these kids are tapping in and sensing things that we may not even be aware of yeah. and that's a whole other realm right. and that's why I wanted to bring that this is an ability that's really coming forth and being reawaking is the ability to really be mindful of those things outside of our own understanding. Excellent. All right, Rob, we'll be right back, everybody, with the last of the seven abilities. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Rob Oker. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. We had a wonderful experience in our trip to the Sensory Learning Institute, and the main issue to sum everything up is that we went there with a child who was out of control and hyper, 
who had severe sensory issues and autistic tendencies, and we brought home a child who was vastly different. We brought home a child who plays with me and talks to me and looks in my eyes and tells me he loves me. The goal and focus of the sensory learning program is to enable the central nervous system to better process sensory information by simultaneously stimulating visual, auditory, and vestibular systems with light, sound, and motion. By challenging these three sensory systems to work together and adapt to multi-sensory input, this intervention often improves speech, perception, understanding, social interaction, coordinated movement, and the ability to learn. We invite all parents interested in sensory learning program for a child to complete the confidential assessment on our website at www.sensorylearning.com. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We're back with Rob Oker, and we are talking about the seven abilities of empowerment. We have gone through quite a few of them already, responsibility, adaptability, connectability, respectability, possibility, sensibility, and now is this one of the most important ones here, Rob? Is this is Well, I think it, I think it's the it's it's the understanding of all of them together because when you say somebody has integrity, it's the integrability is what we're talking about here. And it's kind of is that a word? And yes, it is a word for the seven abilities because it is the essence of who you are. It's mastering and understanding of the abilities. It's mastering and understanding of who you are and acting with authenticity, aligning with your personal and professional empowerment. When you have an integrability, you become empowered. And when you have that empowerment, you share that empowerment with others and you make a difference with positive choices on this planet. Very, very big. All right. Do you want to talk a little bit more about integrability or do you want to bring it all together? We want to make sure we bring it all together. We've got some time, though. I want to talk about integrity. 
Give me an example and, of integrability. Integrability is integrability is really about creating a life mission. It's about who you are as a person. And I'll tell the kids, you know, what's your life mission? And they'll look at me like, what? What do you mean? And I go, your mission statement about paints a picture of you and what your future would look like and what your dreams and your goals. It's your motto. It's your personal brand. It's saying who you are. And, you know, my life mission states that I will put an empowered idea into the world with such force that will it will live on in our ch- with our children's and grow in their hearts and the children's children's hearts. And that's the seven abilities of empowerment, is that I, this idea and concept I want to put forth so the kids and families can grow with it and learn and develop. That's a mission statement for me. I want to make a difference on this planet and leave a legacy of knowing that it's a better place because the kids, the kids have an opportunity to make it a better place. And so I ask, you know, kids and people to what is your mission? You, you know, you create a, a life mission, create a mission statement, and that will bring out your integrability. Well, what if they say my mission statement is to um, get to the top level on Zelda on their video games? Mm-hmm. What do you think? And then I would bring that down. I said, that's a goal. I said, okay, you know, that's a goal for you. I mean, is your mission statement re- your mission statement should focus on your attitudes and your actions so they line up with the seven abilities. Your mission statement say, okay, oh, yeah, my goal is maybe I want to be the, you know, champion Zelda and get to the highest level of Zelda, but my mission statement is that I want to work with this video game so I can, I can really um, have an understanding of how video games work and make video games that help people on our planet so they can use video games to teach other kids. It's a great idea to ask kids to, 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 to have a mission statement. You know, we think about that in, in a business term. We're always thinking mm-hmm. about what is our mission for their business, but we are our own business. We are managing our own selves. And to have a mission statement is a very important thing to have. Yep. Your mission statement identifies with the most important relationships and it helps them interact with their integrability, you know. They're leaving a mark on the world. Are You know, I always say, is the world leaving a mark on you or are you leaving a mark on the world? Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Bring this together for me, Rob. All right. We talked about a whole framework, a concept, uh, an idea of looking at being empowered, looking at making your life um, your power to do something. And, with, and we talked about the seven abilities of, a, of empowerment, responsibility, adaptability, connectability, respectability, possibility, sensibility, integrability. There's so many there that tie in there, we t- you know, like reliability or accountability. But I think those tie all in all the abilities. I wanted to go with the concept of seven so people would, un- would make the connection to seven because seven is a real powerful and, and sacred number. I also wanted to have people have uh, uh, action empowering statement. For example, responsibility. I am responsible for my choices. Adaptability. I can accept and embrace change. Connectability. I can connect with people and things in a healthy way. Respectability. I treat myself well so others will be motivated to do the same. Possibility. I know anything is possible. Sensibility. I know how to be smart in many ways. And integrability. I mastered an understanding who I am. And just by saying those empowering statements, you start to move into this whole awareness of using the seven abilities of, of empowerment. 
I also have different empowerment action techniques for every ability. We, we highlighted some today, Betsy, but you know we can go and talk on specific examples, how to work with teens, how to work with students, kids, um, families on e using these abilities, and that's a whole curriculum of seven abilities of empowerment, which I do a whole a whole um, workshop on. And I also now we're talking a lot about a concept here, so really putting the empowerment actions um, going from using the seven abilities of empowerment, moving from awareness to action. So let's conclude here with just some ideas of how you can, after listening to this show, use some of these abilities and put it into action. Perfect. Great. So first, let's be open to new ideas and new approaches. We talked about some different ideas here. Some of you may, you know, you may not resonate, may resonate with you. I always say, you know, there's not a right or wrong. There's merely a different way. Be open to some new ideas here and play with these new approaches. Okay. The second is um, come back and really love and appreciate yourself and children. I mean, I always come back with that with that mission statement is if you, you, you have to really, to be empowered and to put these into actions, you really have to love and appreciate all children and yourself. And then show kindness and compassion. You know, if it's one thing today, if you're, you're out there hearing this and you have a chance to be kind or show some compassion to somebody else that you haven't had, that will just change things around. And explore the seven abilities. See what you can do with them. You know, start playing with, oh, my gosh, I just heard about responsibility. I heard about this whole adaptability. Man, that just hit me over the head today in my life. i gotta, I got to deal with this change. Explore the seven abilities and see what you can do with them. And then ask yourself what works and bring forth what works in your life. If it's not working with one of these abilities, don't do it. <laughs> if it's working, try what works and bring forth more of that, and that's the whole law of attraction. Deep listening and establish authentic relationships. Big one. When you listen deeply to the people that you're working with, these abilities start to come forth. And when you really sit there and listen to kids and deeply listen to kids, you establish an authentic relationship with that person, and that brings out these abilities. And then I always say deal with the heart and practice opening heart exercises. A lot of these abilities are dealing from heart intelligences. They're dealing not from... Looking at um, looking at focusing on just skills. We're talking on wisdom. We're talking on the knowledge. We're talking on supporting and strengthening and nourishing the whole heart center. And I think that's a paradigm that we're going forth, and the kids are bringing forth into our world and into our systems, and definitely on our planet. And then practice living the seven abilities. Take one or two tonight Take uh, or, or and have fun with it. Practice living those. Okay, tonight I'm going to really focus on responsibility in my life. I'm going to be responsible for all my choices today and take on more responsibility for my life. And then speak the language of empower, empowerment. You know, start saying, hey, are you using the seven abilities of empowerment? You just use connectability. And the person looked back at me like, oh, yeah, I did. You know, and... and uh, Use the language, speak the language, and it becomes more into your, your life of becoming a part. Excellent words. Rob, you are fabulous as always. We are going to have a lot more of Rob in our shows, so stay with us in the next few months as we bring more of these wonderful empowerments together to you. Thank you very much, Rob, for joining us today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The Sensory Learning Center would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, 
a conversation of hope. To contact Betsy or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.